Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe and welcome to Live Talk. We're coming to you live from Studio 7 at the Voice of America in Washington. And I'm your host, Marvelous Mplanganyahuye. And uh, today on Live Talk, we're looking at the weekend by-election results that gave the ruling party ZANU-PF two-thirds majority in parliament and the disarray in opposition pol uh, politics following the resignation of former Triple C leader Nelson Chamisa. But first, let us take a look at what is happening in the Middle East. With both a show of military might and a stronger push for a diplomatic solution, the United States is trying to contain a broader war in the Middle East. With the backdrop of Israel's war against Hamas, Iranian-backed forces in the region are committed to continuing their attacks against Western interests. Here's VOA's Veronica Balderas. Even after a U.S.-led coalition successfully struck 36 Houthi targets in Yemen on Saturday, the United States can't rule out more attacks by the Houthis or by Iran-backed militias in the Middle East, warned National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan on ABC's This Week show. The central purpose of the strikes has been to take away capabilities uh, from the Iranian-backed militias in Iraq and Syria that are attacking our forces and from the Houthis that continue to threaten Red Sea shipping. And we believe they had good effect in reducing, degrading the capabilities of the militias and of the Houthis. And as necessary, we will continue to take action. But the Houthis have vowed to continue their military operations, which they affirm are in retaliation for Israel's war against Hamas targets in Gaza. More than 27,000 Palestinians have been caught in the crossfire and killed, and more than 66,000 injured, according to the Hamas-run Gaza Health Ministry. What we see of aggression, siege, genocide, and a medicine blockade on our brothers in Gaza Citizens of Yemen, its tribes, weapons and men are getting ready to face this aggression and do what they can. Israel's military campaign was launched in response to the Hamas terrorist incursion into Israeli territory on October 7. Some 1,200 people were killed in that attack and 240 more were taken captive. On Sunday, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said 17 out of 24 Hamas battalions have been toppled so far. Most of the remaining battalions are in the southern Gaza Strip and in Rafah, and we will take care of them too. The U.S. is boosting its push for a diplomatic solution to the conflict, with a new visit by U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken to the region. A multi-stage proposal for extended pauses in fighting and the release of hostages in exchange for Palestinian prisoners in Israel is also in the works. The president has put his shoulder to the wheel on this. He has spoken to the leaders of both Qatar and Egypt, two countries that are centrally involved in trying to broker this deal. We are in constant contact with our Israeli counterparts on it. And Hamas will have to be willing uh, to say yes to an arrangement that uh, brings hostages home. Sullivan noted the deal isn't imminent, 
and no timetable can be provided. His remarks came after the United Nations warned Friday that the Rafah border area in particular is becoming, quote, a pressure cooker of despair for displaced Palestinians in Gaza. Veronica Valderas Iglesias, VOA News, Washington. And in Harare today, the state withdrew its subversion charges against amalgamated rural teachers union of Zimbabwe president Obed Masaraure, who has been on remand since March 2019. Masaraure was arrested in January 2019 for participating in a protest against fuel price hikes. His lawyer, Alec Muchadehama, had this to say about what transpired in court today. We continuously remanding him. And on each remand we were protesting. So eventually today, the state decided to withdraw the charges against the accused person without uh, before plea. So that is what has happened. Which means that there are no longer any charges that uh, Mr. Masaraure is facing. He is now a free man in respect to the charges that he is facing. That is incitement to public violence. So that is what happened. He was arrested sometime in 2019. He first appeared in court on the 19th of January 2019. And from that time up to day, the state was failing to try him. So this is why I think they decided to withdraw the charges before plea today, because they completely failed to try him. Not that he was guilty. We always protested that he was innocent. And uh, while we accept the withdrawal, we protest the fact that it has taken all this time, over five years, for the state to see sense uh, on these charges, which we said were totally unfounded. That there was Obed Masaraure's lawyer, Alec Muchadehama, in Harare. The firebrand Masaraure says he lost his job as a teacher following his arrest. Yeah, of course, it's a big relief, but you should understand that I lost my job, my salary, because of this uh, imprisonment in January 2019, you know, when I was arrested and kept in a maximum prison for almost two weeks, my salary was seized, and up to date, I don't have an income uh, because of these trumped up charges. Secondly, I was severely tortured after being abducted from my home in 2019 again. So the state owes me not only an apology, but serious compensation for what they, for the torture I endured for what my family went through, for having forced me to lose my income because my salary was frozen. Uh, but for five years, at least I'm relieved that I no longer have to come to court. We have insisted that we never incited public violence. People were protesting against the fuel price rights, which is so normal, and Section 59 of our Constitution affords us an opportunity to protest whenever we feel grieved by the conduct of our policymakers and government. And going forward, we will continue to do our work within the confines of the law. We will continue to protest when things are not right. We will not be silenced by this persecution from the judiciary. That there was the amalgamated road teachers union of Zimbabwe president Obert Masaraure in Harare. In another court case in Harare today, Anthony Mwedziwendira, who is accused of assaulting tourism and hospitality deputy minister and president Emerson Munangagwa's nephew, Tongai Munangagwa, has been ordered to pay U.S. $200 fine or face two months in prison. Mwedziwe Wendy was remanded in custody pending bail application to be heard tomorrow on another charge in which he's being accused of possessing dangerous drugs. His lawyer, Emmanuel Samundombe, had this to say. We were waiting for the sentence because of the 
nature of the assault that happened, which was just pushing and shoving, we pleaded to the charge of assault. And after pleading to the charge of assault, the court saw it fit to make us pay a fine of $200. And uh, in default of paying the fine, two months imprisonment, and we were given up to the 15th of February to pay the fine. We are made to understand that there was uh, some function that was going on, and at that function there was a misunderstanding uh, between the accused persons and the bodyguards of the minister, and uh, that scaffold that ensured involved the minister wherein he was pushed after he tried to intervene to stop uh, the scaffold that was going on. That is what we are made to understand, and that is what is contained on the state papers. With respect to the two assault charges of pushing and shoving, yes, he indeed he pleaded to the charges. With regards to the drugs, look, we, we have issues with how they were recovered. We have issues with the facts, and we are denying the allegations with respect to the drugs. That was lawyer Emmanuel Samundombe in Harare. Please stay tuned as we take a brief break. We'll be right back. In times of change, when the world seems uncertain, and what we hear doesn't reflect what we see, we seek the truth. When we are told only part of the story, we lose trust. In moments of crisis, our dreams, hopes, and wishes for a better tomorrow depends on a free press. At Voice of America, we bring you the stories that people take risks to see. We connect the world and unite it with truth. At Voice of America, we show you the whole picture. For those that have just joined us, please note that we are streaming live on all our Facebook pages, VOA Shona, VOA Studio 7, and VOA Ndebele. We're also live on YouTube at VOA Zimbabwe. And uh, today we're discussing issues facing the country's opposition at a time when the ruling ZANU-PF is now enjoying a two-thirds majority in parliament. To discuss these issues, we are joined in studio by Reverend Hussein Sibanda of the Zimbabwe Christian Alliance, who is currently in Washington. Reverend Sibanda, what's your take on Zimbabwean politics from an opposition perspective, as well as the ruling party's stance? Well, I think that there is a... Well, first, thank you for having me here. Mm -hmm. I think that as churches, we have um, encouraged and tried to create space for dialogue. Uh, so that's, that has always been our stance. Uh, because antagonistic politics will always affect, at the end of the day, the ordinary Zimbabwean. Um, because politics is about how do we live together, how is wealth shared, uh, it's bread and bread and butter issues. So for us as churches, our main concern is when everything else has been done, um, are we able to get a functional parliament? Mm -hmm. Are we able to get policies that actually will better the welfare of ordinary Zimbabweans? Um, we don't believe in politics of personalities, mm -hmm. or, or we, we think that our debate mm -hmm. should be on policy issues, should be on how do we um, you know, make our economy to be better? How do we engage 
with other with our neighbors and other people in order to ensure that Zimbabwe functions. So that's our main concern. And also our politics as churches is politics of hope. Mm-hmm. We, we, we feel that uh, if you look at Zimbabweans now uh, have lost hope. And everything. so all of these, the politicians are busy fighting for the cake, but the ordinary person on the ground loses hope. Mm-hmm. They're in a state of hopelessness. And, and so therefore our, our appeal has always been to say our politics must be politics of hope. Our politics must be for common good. It must be saying, um, are we really concerned about the ordinary Zimbabweans or are concerned about ourselves? Mm-hmm. So that's, 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 that, that really is the key. And we must push our political parties, all of them, to think that way. Uh, to, they are there to save people, not to be saved. They are mm-hmm. servants. So that's our philosophy as churches and what we believe. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, why is it that there is no real debate or discussion on policies for the country to move forward? I think that uh, most people end up focusing on personalities. They mm-hmm. focus on you know, sharing the liquid that's there. Uh, but I think we, we, we want to push the country to discuss policies. We must look at the budget, what's there for poor and vulnerable people, mm-hmm. our social welfare, our safety nets, you know, how are they doing, our hospitals, uh, and also, so that our schools, that should be our debate. That's why we should be uh, members of parliament, and some people get into public office, I think because of also our levels of poverty. Sometimes people get there just for, for rewards of what they can get out of it mm-hmm. and not to save people. So for all round, you know, so, so we, need to, we need to increase the pressure mm-hmm. so that when people are campaigning uh, to be elected, we're asking real questions. You know, what's the vision for the community? What are you going to do for our community? Um, and we are also demanding, after someone is elected, we must put the demand for mm-hmm. delivery and for working for common good. Um, in most cases, that never happens because mm-hmm. people end up just getting into, you know, fighting for scrums, as it were. So that, I think that's the debate. And at the, at the end of the day, like I said, it's not politics of hope. People lose hope. Um, but we need to, we, we ourselves as churches, our, our calling is to call people to hope, but also to make sure that uh, the ordinary person's welfare is taken care of. That's our concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we hear more people talking about personalities and why they follow certain leaders, but no discussion on policy matters on both fronts, the opposition yeah. and also the <laughs> ruling party. So how does the church help in that particular situation? Well, I think the church, the, the church, you know, has been saying, what is the vision for Zimbabwe? Mm-hmm. What is the common thread that brings, that makes, what is this country called Zimbabwe? And who are these people called Zimbabweans? Um, you know, up to now, we need some people don't feel like they belong to this to the country. They feel like we're orphans. So how do we make everyone to feel that they belong mm-hmm. uh, within Zambezi and uh, and Limpopo and and every area in this land and space called Zimbabwe? So the church's push has always been to say, let's have a vision for this country, the Zimbabwe mm-hmm. we want. If you remember, there was that push mm-hmm. uh, by the churches. So it's always been. Let's rethink what kind of a country are we looking at. Something that can make all of us to feel that I'm really Zimbabwean. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, that, that goes by vision. That goes by, uh, you know, feeling an inclusive approach mm. uh, where we are not dividing ourselves by ethnic groups, but also we are appreciating our differences. 
we actually should love our differences. Different languages, the different cultures, the different approaches to life, all that rainbow makes us a beautiful nation and makes us to say we fought a, a, pro, mm -hmm. a, a procreated liberation struggle as Zimbabweans. And we were fighting against injustice. And this took us years. We lost lives. And uh, we have our heroes, those that fought in the liberation struggle. It's another, it's one generation mm -hmm. that decided to leave everything, their comfort, and go and fight in the liberation struggle. So you have a new generation post-independence. Mm. So we need to combine those two. We need to sit around the table and say, look, this, this country, this space called Zimbabwe belongs to all of us. How do we make sure everyone belongs to it? What is our vision? We must not forget the liberation struggle. We must, we must not forget the struggles that we've had again, post-independence, mm. the challenges and everything we've had. That should be our building block, that we should use that to cement each other instead of dividing each other. Mm -hmm. And we saw the ruling party winning the by-elections held on Saturday. Do you think that disarray within the opposition led to ZANU-PF securing a two-thirds majority in parliament? Well, I think there's been a lot of, as I talk about philosophy, what philosophy is guiding the opposition? Mm -hmm. You know, what unites them? So if you don't have that common thread, then it's a problem. Um, and, um, um, you know, this is politics. So someone will take advantage of your confusion mm -hmm. in order to make headway. So I think they need to sit down and reflect uh, from the state where they've been. Um, but also, it goes back to the issue. Remember, at one point, the churches had talked about the sabbatical from yes. elections. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it looks like Zimbabweans are always in an election mode. When are we going to sit down and, and plan together to build our country? We're always competing against each other in an election mm -hmm. mode all the time. So it's almost like a zero-sum game. And um, no one benefits from this, mm -hmm. you know. And so you get from one election to the next, and people are fighting and so forth. So we, we want a situation where we can sit down and say, let's build this country together. Let's, let's begin to think. Uh, maybe sometimes Africa, as Africans in general, or mm -hmm. we need to think, um, how do we structure our elections in such a way that they don't become very, they divide the nation all the time. Mm -hmm. You have violence, people are fighting against each other, and the results get contested, and we move to the next election. So how do we depend our democracy uh, in a way that helps us to build the nation? Every time there is a selection of leaders, mm -hmm. it must be a, a situation, yes, there is competition, but afterwards people must move on. So what is the role of the church in a situation like the one in Zimbabwe? I think the church needs to continue to be a prophetic voice. It mm -hmm. should not be involved in partisan politics. Mm -hmm. The church should not get into being involved in party politics. Mm -hmm. Rather, it should maintain a critical distance where it speaks on behalf of the poor and the vulnerable. Mm -hmm. We as church must continue to say to the political parties and those that govern that we must work for common good. Um, there is God's politics, and God's politics is that which cries for justice, for peace, uh, for, for, you know, for coexistence, for Ubuntu, that respects our women, respects the children, respects different views and opinions. You know that our constitution we wrote in 2013 mm -hmm. actually speaks about our diversity and celebrates it. You know, and gives us, I think, we have one of the best Bill of Rights. Uh, we have secondary rights as well, right to food, right to water. That's the politics we should be talking about. That's the politics we should worry ourselves about. You know, do our people have food on the table? 
Do our kids going to school, proper schools? Do we have hospitals, healthcare, social safety nets? Uh, all those things are important, and mm -hmm. I believe that that's where the church comes in. We Thank must you. Make Let me just uh, put you yeah. on hold for now as we take a caller. Hello, caller. Hello, Kisibavi. Hey, Makati. Hey, what did you do? What did you do? South Africa. How are you doing? We are going to say that you are going to Paris and you are going to Paris and you are going to I think Masokwangu ndaka nangana ninyo ya mabailekshen zi ne kuruza ina kwa kaita wachamisa. Mm-hmm. Ya kuti, I think it's wapache na manju kuti wano waichomira wala kutanzi ye. Wala ito in position of candidate, watu wati. I think mungo zona mazira wala kubutisa yuta zati. Haa, nga ito rifichin wana wa. Inya, ya, I think, ya ye power club ya ichika mpatu. Mm-hmm. え、ポスパナのガシャンディさ、やるんじゃうんよ。あ、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あ
Aiwat, notenda shayezo mkoma farai shuro. Thank you so much there. Our caller there, Reverend, was just uh, saying that from his point of view, he will keep supporting uh, Nelson Chamisa. So I asked him, what do you think uh, about the situation regarding, you know, MPs resigning, uh, you know, that we've been seeing happening? So he says... Some people were, were, you know, got into the seat because of who they were, who the leader was. Uh, but anyway, getting back to our subject, yeah. do you have any recommendations as to the current situation in the country? And you can respond in Debele. Okay. No, I don't know. Ubas kipe ulisana sosonkiskat. Um interesikaratekilegates, biatingalutimbona uuketa umbuketo, gukanangani singagilo, kuya lusana sosonkiskat, guleta ye in nabano wetlugwak. Now we are thing san with amazbapwe abageva shaleta fulen begebe kotrisan. Uguitigambe ilizule to leangapi, singala kanjani sisonke. Singaba Bisana Jani, Ye was a Shugan in Bono, Ye was a Shugan in Lela, Essence Azazin, Got Wuko Trisana, Logukulumisana, Yuko Wakilizolet, Sanazelutis Bapwe, a Uguzibe corner, now nineteen eight, Sasilimpian Gulilevo, Got Asaham Belancaster, Guato Trisan, Gutreta Ungas Sisano corner, our nineteen eighty seven, Guasale or Kulunisana foot, Jalo. So are there any other plans that you have moving forward as the church to engage both the ruling party and the opposition? But before you respond to me, let me take a caller quickly. Hello, caller. Hey, Makadi, caller. I Mhm. <laughs> Reverend, before we went to the call, I just asked you what plans do you have when it comes to actually, you know, engaging both the opposition and the ruling party moving forward? Well, dialogue has always been an ongoing process. Mm -hmm. um, uh, at local level, we have local peace committees. 
that have been constantly talking between uh, ruling parties and OPF and the opposition parties, that dialogue has been always ongoing. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very important, actually, because we are working at that low level where people can, their neighbors, you know, they can fight, but they will still, you won't move your house because we had political differences or we had an election. The election will come, the election will go, but your neighbor remains. And then at a higher level, our bishops have been constantly engaged mm -hmm. uh, with all parties, and, that, and that's an ongoing process where we are always trying to find space for Zimbabweans to talk to each other. And, 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 and that is an important uh, building block for our nation. It's a process. Mm -hmm. It's not just a one-day thing. So most people think, I know we'll do this. and No, no, no. It's ongoing, and uh, both at grassroots level as well as fitting in the high-end, um, the higher-level talks and engagement. So this involves even the region. We need to be talking to our region as well as church actors mm -hmm. so that they continue to do that. But above all, the church has been praying. So we are not just praying or acting, but we have been praying as well. We find that is an important tool uh, that is part of our work and mm -hmm. ministry. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> What's your last word as we wind down the program? For Zimbabweans, mm -hmm. let's continue to build and work for a Zimbabwe where everyone belongs. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to build a Zimbabwe where all of us will work for its prosperity, will work for its healing, mm -hmm. will work for a future, not just for us, but for the next generation. Mm, thank you very much there. I thank you so much to Reverend Usain Sibanda. That brings us to the end of our show. Signing off in Washington, I'm Marvelous Mflanganyahuye.